today on the DML News Podcast, Donald Trump looks sharp as ever on Fox News while Nikki Haley and Governor DeSantis try to find a nice second place. Plus, American students kicked out of their school for illegal aliens and Ecuador is falling apart. So get ready for more migrants from that country. We've got these stories and more. So get ready because it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is, is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining myself and my son, Denny, here today on the all-brand-new DML News Podcast. Just like yesterday, we are here in the big, huge living room. We are testing out our screens and everything else of that, so please forgive us if the sound isn't perfect. We did this yesterday. We saw there's a little echo on things. Uh, We are in a big warehouse, so some of this may not be controllable versus when we sit over there in the corner we don't have, uh, we've got some protection against the echo. Either, uh, either way, uh, Ryan made us some great shakes again today. Ryan, what do we have here in this shake? Do you know? Oh, your microphone's off. All right, well, I'll try to guess. Hold on. I'm saying banana, blueberry. I think this is my go-to shake. Yeah, it is. It's banana, blueberry, ice, Uh, lactose-free milk, and a little bit of almond butter, and it's fantastic. It's all part of our uh, Get Healthy campaign, which started on January 1 for many people. For me, it's been going on for a year and a half, and it's just fantastic. Please make sure that you check out my daily podcast, which is called Best Pals, and uh, that airs every day at 7 a.m., and it is really helpful if you're looking to improve your health and wellness. Dennis, uh, I guess we'll just start off real quick with what happened last night. Uh, Donald Trump, once again, on Fox News, just dominates. Uh, We're going to play, actually, two back-to-back clips right here, just so people get a sense in case they didn't watch it. Give it a play. Uh, I think he had very little chaos. I think most of the chaos was caused by the Democrats constantly going after me. And remember this. Remember that with phony, Russia, 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 I mean, if you look at Ukraine, 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 everything was phony. Uh, The FISA warrants, the uh, lying to Congress, they had chaos. They were the ones that caused the chaos. We didn't have chaos. We got the biggest tax cuts in history, the biggest regulation cuts in history. I had no wars. I'm the only president in 72 years. I didn't have any wars. And would be about retribution and looking backwards and grievances, and how much would be looking forward? I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. And, and remember this, our ultimate retribution is success. Look, there's a reason why Trump is the front runner, Denny, no doubt. I mean, he carries himself great in these kind of situations, really didn't make many blunders at all. Meanwhile, we go over to Nikki Haley, and I mean, it's kind of crazy. What do you th- first of all? What do you think about the fact that we've got our three top candidates not on the same stage? Uh, it's not surprising. I mean, Trump's been doing this tactic now for the entire campaign for 2024. Uh, he really has no reason to go debate them. Um, a little surprised he went on Fox News, considering the antagonism there. 
Uh, but, you know, he did well uh, for, you know, he, he's always better as a orator than, you know, a debater. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing too crazy with the, the DeSantis and Haley uh, side of things either. You know, Dennis, here's where I come away with, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because, look, it all comes down to this with the Iowa caucuses just around the block a couple of days from now. Nikki Haley has proven herself time and again that she is a globalist. And for whatever reason, she continues to get support from the GOP, the elitists, the Democrats. And it's all an attempt to just keep Trump out of the White House. It's like it's not enough to have the Democrats just not want Trump. Now you've got so many of the Republicans. That's always why I get so concerned about whether or not Trump really can win because there's so many forces that don't want him in there. Whereas Ron DeSantis, you know, he looked sharp last night. He looked sharp. And, but at the end of the day, it's going to be nearly impossible to dethrone Trump if you, if you take these polls and take them at face value. Well, you know, speaking of polls, uh, we ran our own polls on the actual uh, website and on the news app. Uh, for example, our latest or one of our latest ones was, would you vote for Nikki Haley as the GOP nominee in the general election? Meaning if she were to get the nomination and she was against Biden. You got a whopping 89% of our respondents saying no. You got about... So wait, the question is, it was very confusing. How would you region. vote for Nikki Haley if she were the GOP nominee in the general oh, okay. election? Okay. We have just about 90% saying no, yep. a little over 6% saying yes, yep. and about 4% saying unsure. We asked that same question last week about DeSantis, and for those results, it was a little bit better, but not you know anything too surprising. Uh, you had about fi- a little over 53% uh, saying that they would not vote for DeSantis. You have about 38% saying that they would vote for DeSantis. And then you have about 8% saying they're unsure. So it's a little more uh, favorable towards DeSantis compared to Nikki Haley. Who right. has, Nick, Nikki know. Haley's coming away with 80 I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think this is people being emotional. Uh, it is definitely their way of saying, I'm supporting Trump and nobody else. I get it, okay? Uh, I don't believe that. If, if Ron DeSantis is the nominee for whatever reason, because look, Trump still does have a hurdle in terms of getting past all these criminal uh, charges against him. And if he can get past that, hallelujah. If he can't, it's going to be Ron DeSantis. We need it to be Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis can actually win. Nikki Haley won't and Lord knows she shouldn't. So I don't believe those people who say they won't vote for Ron DeSantis will keep that way because when they look at it and they say, Ron DeSantis, look what he's done for Florida. Donald Trump is out. We've got Joe Biden. Who are we going to take? You take Ron DeSantis. I don't know if you're going to get the same sway for Nikki Haley. Uh, either way, I guess all of us are just going to sit here and have to wait to see whether or not Trump does prevail with all this craziness that's going on against him in the Democrat Party. When we talk about craziness, Dennis, I think we have to shift our attention here for a moment to what took place in New York City just a few nights ago. I can tell you that I've been doing this uh, whole thing with illegal immigration and border security for a long time. I think it's probably now going well over 15 years. Yeah, it's 17 years. I started in uh 2008, uh, when I look at what I saw happen in New York City, 
I got to tell you, that kind of takes the cake. Notwithstanding, interviewing people who have lost their loved ones to the hands of an illegal alien, what I saw in New York City is beyond disgusting. Can you explain to people what we're talking about? And then we're going to play a quick video here. So New York City has um, a high school called James Madison High School. And they were just, meaning the parents of the students to this high school, they were just given an email by the school administration saying that all their children would be uh, subjected to remote learning for the next day, um, simply because about 1,900 migrants, which were stationed over at a, a field in New York City, but because of inclement weather, those 1,900 migrants were transported to go stay at the high school. Now, what's even more messed up is that besides just showing clear prioritization on the migrants, uh, I assume that it would be remote learning as in, you know, you have the Zoom schedule, you know, what happened during COVID. Instead, you know, it was on the parents and the students to actually schedule with those teachers. If not, they were basically, you know, without any education or school that day. So not only is that the issue, you now have 1,900 unvetted, unchecked, probably numerous health issues, migrants being transported into this high school, sleeping on gym floors, sleeping in classrooms, uh, while the you know, school, uh, school students basically suffer. It's just another clear example that uh, Biden, Mayor Adams, and basically Democrats are continuing to prioritize illegal immigrants over American students. You know, when I take a look at the uh, almost two decades that I've been in this business. I started this business um, by doing films on illegal immigration. And I really never had an idea of what the hell I was going to get myself into. The idea that we have students in New York City who are probably struggling beyond comprehension when it comes to math, science, reading, you name it. These kids who are deserving of an education, their parents are paying taxes for their children to get that education, to think that they are going to be treated like the second class citizen. So this way we could make room for people who have broken all laws are completely, as you have said, unvetted, both from their criminal history and from their medical history. We're going to say, get out of the way, American citizen. We're going to make room for these people. This is insane. But it's also how the Democrats run, Dennis. This is how the Democrats run. Let me be very, very clear. If you are a Democrat and you vote, for your blue team. This is what you vote for. This is what you're voting for. They are voting for the end of the United States as we know it. There's an old adage, women and children first. It has always been the way, women and children first. And what we just saw in New York City changes that to illegal Aliens first, American citizens last. That's what it comes down to. We've already proven as a country 
that we're willing to take our veterans and just kick them to the curb. Hey, thank you very much for fighting for our freedom. Thank you very much for losing your leg. Thank you very much for all the different things that you took mentally and physically by going overseas and having to watch out every day whether or not you were going to get blown up, shot, or destroyed somehow, some way. I mean, I, I recently last year had to give a eulogy at a funeral for a woman named Lauren Price. Beautiful life she had, beautiful children, the whole thing. She lost her life. She was over in Iraq. She didn't get shot. She didn't get blown up. No, she was exposed to tar pits. She wound up coming home with a terminal lung disease. She couldn't even get appointments at the VA. So, hey, Lauren, we used you for what we needed. But now you need to go. All right? You're a burden. We need to have the people in here who are going to give us the votes we need, who are going to pick the lettuce we eat, who are going to do all the things that we tell them to do because we've got them by the balls. They want the free money. They want the free stay. They want the free school. You are a pain in the ass, American citizen. Get the hell out of the way. But by the way, April 15th, if you don't pay your taxes, we'll be knocking on your door and taking and confiscating everything that you own. We're going to play a video right now of a woman who is a mother standing outside this school at nighttime in the rain, in the cold, in New York City, and she is pissed off, rightfully so, as the illegal aliens are being taken off the bus and shuffled into the school. Take a look at this. Play the video, Ryan. You know, Dennis, I'm going to say something that's that's um, sort of kind of out there, but it's the reaction I get when I take a look at this. As somebody who lived uh, and survived 9-11, I look at this, and this in of itself is a 9-11. It's a different type of 9-11. A 9-11, we were attacked, and people died, and our country was brought to its knees but it was a single day. I'm watching what is the slow death of an entire nation, an entire society, an entire uh, thing called the rule of law. I am watching the death. So unlike 9-11, where we allowed illegal aliens who lied on their applications for visas to come in here and kill 3,000 people, we right now are allowing millions of people to cross through our borders in the same way that we allowed people to come in here and lie on their visas and take over airplanes. Instead of taking over airplanes, they're taking over cities, they're taking over schools, they're taking over hospitals, they're taking over everything, and slowly but surely, this country is leading itself into its own death. And I don't know what it's gonna take. I don't know if it's gonna take an election because I don't know if we can win the election based on all the things that happened in 2020, based on all the things I see right now with AI, based on everything that I see going on. I don't know if we can win. And if we don't win this election, I just don't understand how this country can continue to breathe 
when things like this are allowed to happen. It's true. It's why it's uh, very difficult to be proud of this country because there's there's just no pride in itself. Um, even Americans, I don't think, uh, have the pride that they should for America. Whereas, like maybe someone who's Israeli, the way they have it for Israel. So uh, I think it needs to be in a cultural mindset that that sense of nationalism, and then obviously in terms of the uh, in practice, we need to win this election with whether it's Trump, DeSantis, and. I don't want Nikki Haley, but I'll take her over Joe Biden. And then the next step is literally the biggest mass deportation scheme that this country has ever seen before needs to take place because, you know, you're going to have your liberal critics here push back like, oh, it was just for one night uh, and they were all gone the next morning. It was because of bad weather. But this, this sets a precedent where, you know, what happens when it becomes a week? What happens when it becomes a month? What happens when it becomes permanent where, schools, hospitals, obviously we've seen it with hotels. They just become permanent migrant shelters. And what's going to be sad is that we can't even at some point possibly use the term migrant because they're going to become citizens, whether through uh, an insane amnesty scheme, which again, we've talked about it multiple times these last few episodes as a possibility, or just the uh, dilution of our voting laws so that they are just eligible to vote. And we've seen that in some states already. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a changing of the landscape. Uh, and the only way to really solve that is to change the mindset. Obviously, you got that mom there uh, exposing them as they're coming in. In fact, as some context to that video, she was asked not to film. There, there was um, you know, a, another video where there's an uh, officer asking her not to film the migrants coming in. My it's, ass. It, yeah, and it's, it's, it's terrible because what happens when you don't film it? You don't see it. That's right. You just hear about it. So. It's important. If you, it kind of comes down to the notion of if you see something, say something. Well, in this day and age, if you see something, take your phone out because you know you're not going to get CNN and CBS or any of them outside the school filming it. You're going to need you know people like us, people who are just average day citizens, people like that mom who have to worry about their kids going back to school later in the in the week, potentially catching something that one of those migrants may have left That's disease right. wise. That's right. You know uh, more. I've thought many times about how it is that this all stops. You talked about mass deportation. Uh, I'm going to take this for a moment and say that I'm the president of the United States. I can't say if Trump is president. He was already president. He didn't do these things. Um, So, you know, does he change his way and uh, uh, do what it is that I'm about to say if he does win election? I sure hope so. Uh, but I have to go on history. He didn't do it the first time. Do I think Ron DeSantis would do what I'm about to say? I do. If I were the president of the United States, uh, immediately, and I don't care what any judge has to say, I am sending down my military to the border. And I am going to declare that if you step foot, I'm gonna con- I'm, I am going to initiate a national security measure. And that national security measure allows the President of the United States to reject the entry of any foreign national into this country for reasons of national security. And I would make the play that each and every person, I don't care if you're white, black, Latino, Asian, Chinese, whatever, you present a hardship and a a national security risk to us. And therefore, 
we are closing it all down. We're closing down legal immigration. We're closing down illegal immigration. The country is out of control. And therefore, uh, if you break the rule, you will be taken and you will be immediately deported. And if you come back again, we're going to have to look at you as if you're, 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 you're here for the wrong reasons. You're invading our country. And you take risk of, of getting yourself into what I will deem as harm's way. And then what I am going to do is I am going to enforce a law that is already on the books. There is already a law on the books that you are not allowed to aid and abet an, an, an illegal alien. You are not allowed to harbor an illegal alien. And I am going to just enforce the law. I'm going to enforce the law in a way, in such a way that you would not even need a fence. That fence, as far as a fence wall, that fence and wall to me is good for only one reason and one reason only. If you build that wall with substance to it and it is high enough and it is deep enough, you're going to make it very hard for the drug cartels to get drugs through. So what you're going to do is you're going to push them to the open, uh, the open areas. And so therefore, that's why I like a wall. That's why I like a fence, for the sake of stopping the drug runners. But for as long as walls have doors and have people who are, who are going to sit there and open the doors for them, which is basically right now Biden, Mayorkas, and all the Border Patrol under their, under their rule, uh, the, the, the wall is meaningless. I mean, how many videos have I shown of people walking through the wall door? So you have to cut it off completely, and the only way to cut that off right now in this country is by declaring that every single person who is not an American citizen right now potentially offers a risk to this country. Secondly, while that is in play and in force, uh, enforcement, I am going to uh, basically take departments that we have where we have overkill in terms of how many people and I am going to switch them over to the Department of Homeland Security. And we are going to start mass deportations. And I can tell you we're going to start at places like the meatpacking companies and all the other different places, the construction sites, and all these places where we know there's illegal aliens. We're going to round them up. We're going to start sending them home. That's how it's going to go. And people are going to start self-deporting. The other thing, too, is I put out a national announcement that if you are here illegally, you basically have about five days to get your act together and leave. And if you leave within those five days, we are not going to stop you. We're not going to ask you for your money. But if you're here past those five days, we're going to detain you. We're going to confiscate your money and you are gone. Look, there's multiple ways to solve it. Those, those are actually concrete ideas. I mean, it's really not about how, my gosh, you could just pass a law that says if you immigrated to this country, you are no longer, a, you have no right to vote. You do that, Democrats could care less that they come over. They'd say, just go send them home. Mm -hmm. This is all about establishing a new voter base. So it really does come down to not the how. There's so many different hows. It's a matter of the will. You've said that a million times. The Democrats don't have the will to stop it because there's a benefit to it, which is new massive voter base. You take out that incentive. It's always about incentive. You take out that incentive, Biden and Democrats could care less about them. But until you get some kind of measure that you pointed out or an alternative measure pointed out, uh, that border will continue to be a sieve. And again, it could be a Republican that goes in there. Maybe they're a little more 
uh, sturgeon than uh, or you know harsh than than how Biden's been or Obama's been. But the truth is, no one should be crossing the border at all. No. So until that's ever the case and scenario, I will never take any of these people seriously when they say they're going to stop it. Well, the other thing, you know, you bring up a great point. It's something I used to say all the time in my speeches when I was doing that sort of thing, is if you took every Democrat in, in Congress and said, go up there right now on the podium, you all got 30 seconds to make your pitch on why it is that these people that we're allowing into our country deserve to be here and why we should give them citizenship. Every single one of them is going to say, these people are escaping asylum. They're just looking for a better life. They're looking to do the jobs Americans won't do. Uh, they're, they're running for their lives because of cartels or because of bad governments or because they're gay and they're afraid that they're going to get thrown off a roof or whatever it may be. Not one Democrat would say, because we need the voter pool. If I got up there then as the Republican and I said, hey, I speak for the entire Republican base and the entire Republican constituency through the, throughout the United States. We have heard your cries. We agree with you 100%. These are good people. These are people who need an opportunity and we need to give them safety. We will grant them legalization into this country. They can stay. They, they don't have to hide in the shadows, which they don't anyway. There's only one thing. We cannot allow them to vote. Every single last Democrat who was given the chance to get up there and make their pitch would vote no for my proposal. Because you're right, it's all about the votes. It has nothing to do about the well-being, and I'll tell you why it has nothing to do about the well-being. If the Democrats cared about the well-being of people, they would do everything they could to get the homeless off the streets, and what they wouldn't do is what they just did to the students of that school. They, had, they cared less about their education, their future, or the taxes that their parents pay. This is all about votes and retaining power. And anybody who thinks differently is an absolute effing moron. Yeah. And they, look, it could go the same way with the Republicans. If there was a litmus test that showed that most of them would vote Republican, I'm sorry to say, I think most of the Republicans would jump on that wave too. I think, right. I think Reagan's amnesty plan was the hopes that they were gaining Republican voters and it kind of backfired instead uh, Reagan unintentionally turned California blue. So, you know, I, I, if if this is all about chasing votes to keep power, then uh, there needs to be reformation, serious reformation in our government. Because otherwise, we may end up like Ecuador, which I'm not sure if you would want to well, you know, start addressing you know, that. Yeah, we'll address Ecuador right now. I mean, Ecuador, you could look at two ways. Either we're going to start to look like Ecuador, or first and foremost, we are going to be um, soon... Uh, seeing the entire country of Ecuador coming to the United States. In fact, we may be the United States of Ecuador within the next couple of months because what has taken place in Ecuador over the last couple of days is absolutely insane. Uh, Ryan is going to play a bunch of videos as Dennis and I talk about this whole thing. Uh, he'll be using it as B-roll. Dennis, as we wind up the show here, why don't you explain what has taken place in Ecuador and what it is that people are kind of seeing? I mean, Ryan's yes, just going to be playing the stuff as a compilation, so try, kind of just give the story. Yeah, before even the story, I mean, just as an idea of what's going on, there have been in the last few days in Ecuador, there have been children shot, there have been people burned alive, there was this television station taken over on a live broadcast there, there um, during a live broadcast. 
there were prison guards taken over and then literally executed on camera. All of those things have happened in the last few days. Why? The cartel. So as some context, uh, Ecuador's recent president was just elected and, and put into office in November. And one of his policy plans was to model Ecuador after El Salvador. If you're in, if you're in the know about El Salvador, uh, they elected a president not too long ago. I think his name is Nayib Bekele or whatever his name is. And one of the biggest uh, reformations he did with the country is tackle crime. And he opened, uh, you actually have seen this. He opened a giant supermax prison. Yes, we and, did a show on that. Yes, and yes, yeah, yeah, we did a, a earlier last year we did a show on it. And if you look at the photos of this supermax prison, it is like the the real deal. I mean, cartel members, uh rapists, murderers all in there and, and like they're they're not running the show, the guards are. So with Ecuador, the president wanted to model the country after that. Um, and with everything else going on in the world, you know, sometimes things slip through the cracks of being in the know-how. And with Ecuador in the last two months, there has been slight escalation because the cartel's not happy with that. Uh, this has kind of hit a fever pitch this week when the cartel was issued by some of their, their bosses to take over multiple cities in Ecuador and just cause rampant chaos. So what they did was uh, they started going into schools, shooting people. They started going into prisons, taking guards hostage, executing them. Uh, they took one man. I know I sent the video, I think, to you last night, and I'm not even sure if Ryan should play it. Uh, and they literally burned him, like, you know. A no, lot. no, but, he's got to play. Yeah, they, they, they burned him to the point where he couldn't die, but that he's still alive to feel yes, how it's, burned it's, his corpse is. It's horrific. Um, but one of the, I guess, bigger things that happened that has been circulating was that during a live television broadcast from an Ecuadorian news station, Literally, the car, like 13 cartel members came in, took the newscasters hostage, you know, started screening things in favor of the cartel. And the Ecuadorian government, uh, you know, bless their soul, they're sending in military people to try to get everything under control. But at the end of the day, with a lot of these countries, you know, the, the cartel runs the show. So, you know, if, you, if you're, you know, a citizen in that country, you know that you're not being protected as best you can because at the end of the day, these cartels have such a power grab over over the nation. So as of right now, if you're an Ecuadorian citizen, you're living in absolute fear because this is still ongoing. You know, the, some of the cartel members have been arrested, but this is this is countrywide. This isn't this isn't just a city. This is going throughout right. the the actual nation right now. I, I hate to paint the gloom and doom. Uh, we swore we weren't going to do that year uh, this year because people want hope and they want to keep their faith and that things are going to get better. At the same time is if you don't identify the problems that we face and the potential for problems uh, and you ignore them, it turns into a cancer. I have said time and time again that I can't understand why every president of the United States, when they were a candidate, went through the country, was on the stump, and swore that they were going to fight the war on drugs. They go into the White House, and they don't do a damn thing. I have to believe that one of a few things, or maybe the combination of all these things, take place. Number one, let's just say, for instance, it was me. All right, President Lynch, first day. All right, listen, I want all my uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. I want uh, all my top sheriffs. I want everybody in for a meeting. 
and we're in this big room and I say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take out the drug cartels. It will probably take us a week, but we are going to do it from South America up through Mexico. We'll start with Mexico. We'll give the warning that it's coming, but we're not going to hold off. We're not going to negotiate. These guys are being ripped off the face of the earth. We have the power to do it. This is what the American people want. We'll have 100,000 people plus every year dying of drug overdoses or fentanyl poisoning. This is what's going to happen. Somebody's going to stand up and say, Mr. President, I need to speak to you in the other room. I don't know who that person is. And they're going to take me in the room. They're going to say, Mr. President, we can't go forward with something like this. Why not? And they'll say to me, well, you know, uh, Mexico and South America and the countries of Central America are going to see this as an act of war. I said, no, they're not. These people are dying for this to happen. They want this. They need this to happen. We need to make it happen. And you know what? The cartels have uh, declared war on us as far as I'm concerned. Uh, okay, Mr. President, you can't do it for other reasons. What other reasons? Uh, listen, if you do this, I can tell you right now, the cartels are just going to make it their life to go after your entire family, your extended family. Anybody you ever know or care about is going to be on a list. Eh, you know what? We'll give them extra security. It will be fine. Uh, okay, there's a bigger reason why you can't do it, and this is the biggest reason of all. Uh, what is it? Uh, we believe that they are positioned throughout every single town and city in this country. And if we wipe them out, they're going to start doing whatever they got to do to start wiping out our cities and our towns. Really? Really. That's the kind of deal we have with them. And then, of course, there's also the banks. The banks aren't going to be happy that we're going to turn, turn away the cartels because they all make money on the wire transfers and everything else. There's so many people making money. But for the most part, sir, we believe that they would retaliate uh, on a city and town basis on something like something we've never seen before because right now they're embedded everywhere in our country. We have allowed that to happen. And even worse than that, sir, some of them have dual citizenship. They're citizens of Mexico and they're also citizens of the United States of America. And I think what happens is that every president sits back there and says, holy cow, I can't do anything. So when you look at what's happening right now at Ecuador, where they're going in and they're taking over and they're doing these sort of things, I believe that's what we would start to see here in the United States if somebody were to actually go after the cartel. The issue is, if I am indeed correct and we let things continue to metastasize by ignoring it, eventually they're going to take it over regardless of what we've tried to do. So we've either got to stop it now and take the beating that we may take as a result of going to war with the cartels, or recognize the fact that sooner or later, the cartels are going to be invading our studios and our schoolyards and burning our people alive. And they'll, listen, they'll have, they'll have been given the key by us, the American citizens. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, just, just to wrap things up here, uh, I think what's going on in Ecuador is is definitely, as you just kind of mentioned, a good copy model of what could and likely might happen to the U.S. if we continue to allow these people over. I mean, Venezuelan migrants, Ecuadorian migrants, Colombian migrants, these are some of the most dangerous areas in the world. You know, And, and again, those are just the ones coming from South America. We still have Middle East coming over. We still have African migrants coming over. We have Chinese agents coming over, going through the border. It's become a sieve. They're just all coming through, going to our major cities, and in some cases, our, our suburban areas. 
So what happened? I think a big thing that your films have addressed that maybe there isn't as much awareness for Americans, especially those that don't live by the border. Um, you know, the, the, the cartel's biggest strength is how subtle they can be. They're not uh, a national army. They're not some national organization. They, 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 they hide in the shadows while still being out there. I remember living on Long Island, you know, just some of the MS-13 members that would be arrested and, you know, they were working in auto shops or they were working in delis and, you know, you wouldn't guess it at first when you see them, but then you realize what they're doing, you know, when they're off their work hours. So this, this is a issue that is going to metastasize greatly in the next few years if that border continues to just be an open doorway. Keep in mind one thing um, that a lot of people ignore. Uh, and that is that the cartels are very well funded. They have unbelievable technology and weaponry. And some of them are actually trained in the same measure that we train our Navy SEALs. So to think that the cartels are just, you know, uh, Al Pacino uh, in Scarface and a bunch of thugs driving around with, uh, you know, low profile wheels and dice hanging down from the from the rearview mirror, that's not it, all right? These are highly trained killers uh, who deem money as being the greater God than the one that we pray to. And that's really how it goes. That's it for us. Hopefully Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, one of the two, will get into the White House and solve this problem finally. Uh, But until then, we just got to keep our uh, frowns upside down. And remember that every day that we have here is a good day to have, no matter how bad things may be. And we will improve them. That's the way you have to keep on thinking positively. And uh, hopefully, at one point, be able to say, we told you so, it would get better. On behalf of Denny, Ryan, Ashley, who you can't see... Uh, we thank you so much for being with us here today. We hope you and like uh, liked the uh, new set here and hope the sound was good. Uh, God willing, we'll be with you here again tomorrow. And that is for us. God bless you, your family, and these United States. Stay well. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and team DML.